Welcome to Is This Real Life? A Bravo podcast that relates our favorite shows to our own lives and the world around us. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. Hope you had a good week. Just so you know, I am recording this early because I am heading up to Brooklyn to spend time with my family for Passover. So um, if anything happens between now and then really crazy in the Bravo universe, I'm sorry, I am not going to cover it on the podcast today. Speaking of Brooklyn, you know, what happened this week was so wild and so scary. You know, my heart goes out to everyone in New York City who takes public transit. And I'm so glad that the person who who did that was caught. And you guys know I talk sometimes about my friend who is a federal prosecutor for the Eastern District of New York. I sometimes ask her questions about what's going on with Jen Shah's case, even though that's the SDNY that deals with it, but she can answer some basic questions. Anyways, it's her office that's actually prosecuting the man who, um, you know, committed those acts on the subway. So it's in good hands, guys. Oh my goodness, uh, so much happened this week with Jersey and Summer House. Um, again, I'm recording this early, so not getting to the finale of The Real Housewives of the OC this week, but I'm sure it was probably lackluster just like the rest of the season. I am looking forward to the reunion, however, because I feel like there was so much that was unsaid. I'm ready for people to actually come out and say how they're thinking and feeling. Um, I loved Maya and Lala together on Watch What Happens Live this week. I thought it was one of the best pairings we've seen in a while. There were so many good questions from the virtual audience, and I think they both were super open. I mean, I was really excited to see that Maya is still with that guy, Oliver. They are so cute, and I know they had a slower start, even though it felt like a lot for Maya, but I think slow and steady wins the race, and they're still together, so... Props for them. Uh, Maya also maintains that Craig is not boyfriend material when she was asked about it. And I thought that was interesting because it does seem like she's friends with Paige, but I actually think she's closer with Sierra. Anyways, I kind of agree, although I feel like Paige and Craig are perfect for each other. I don't necessarily think he has been great, at least from what we've seen on Summer House. And then the other interesting thing that happened is Lala mentioned that Tom Schwartz recently hung out with Randall and that she's cutting him out over that. So speaking of cutting people out, uh, it appears that Teresa Judice has cut cut Margaret Josephs out of her life completely. And this week's episode was absolutely wild. You know, I really did enjoy watching Teresa on Ultimate Girls Trip, but at the end of the day, she's such a volatile person and she requires so much. She's so needy. You know, she requires her friends to be at her side all the time to constantly give her reassurance, tell her that she's doing the right thing and not question her in any way, shape or form. Just the fact that she had a violent altercation where she threw glass 
and was screaming at Margaret and expects her sister-in-law, her brother, uh, her, you know, Jen and Bill, like she expects everyone to drop everything and to help calm her down. And if she doesn't go back to, they don't go back to the house with her, like she'll be even, she'll be angry at them. And they're the, you know, victim of her anger next and her vitriol. It's, it's honestly disgusting and I'm sick of it. And good on Margaret for standing up to her. Now, do I think Margaret needed to keep bringing up all the rumors with Louie? No, I think Teresa wasn't really interested in hearing them. And I'm not sure how much Margaret bringing them up came from a place of genuine concern. However, there is no excuse for that behavior. I, I say it time and time again, but like when someone's words upset you, it is not okay to use violence in response. Now, that doesn't mean that, you know, people can't be forgiven for doing that. Just like, you know, what Sierra did and and other people. But my God, this was bad from Teresa. You know, a grown woman, a mother of four. I was I was just disgusted with her and and more so how she expects everyone around her to behave. That is what bothers me almost more than her behavior, specifically Dolores. And Dolores just falls in line. Like she's afraid. She acts like she's just a friend of Teresa. But look at how scared she was. Like, I have to go with her. It's nothing against you, Margaret. I have to go with her. Until Frank was like, we're the hosts. Like, sit your ass back down. You know? Man, it's it's almost impossible to think about anything else going on. Also, for Dolores to go out of her way to give Teresa and Louie that nice room. And like, they don't need a nice room. She's just kissing her ass and trying to... We've all had friends like this that we think are our really good friends, but are very volatile. And we don't realize that we sometimes walk around eggshells with them. We don't bring up certain topics with them. We do things to keep them happy. But an actual healthy friendship, you don't need to be constantly thinking, what can I do to make my friend happy and comfortable. You just exist with them. And I just feel like Dolores and Teresa's relationship is very unhealthy. It is very one-sided. And I feel like at this reunion, Teresa is not going to be forgiving to Dolores because any little misstep that she takes, such as not leaving the restaurant with Teresa, will be held against her. And the fact that she is friends with Margaret, Teresa's going to do one of those, it's me or her, you know? she. There's no gray area for, there's no room for any nuance with Teresa. And I don't know, guys, I'm kind of sick of her. Granted, I feel like we need her for some of the drama, but I don't like watching people behave the way they do around her and make excuses. You know, Jen Aiden's like, well, I'm not condoning her behavior. Well, then sit your ass back down. Oh, my friend needs me. She doesn't need you. She can go home with Louie. She can book a hotel and she can leave on her own in the middle of the night without any fanfare. Okay, I feel like I just went on a tangent for for a while. <laughs> oh man, just kind of all over the place these days. Guys, I did something so dumb this week. 
I backed into a cement column in the garage where I park at work. And I knew that this was going to happen one day because everyone has these stories about this garage. It has these columns all over the place, not where you think they should be. And sometimes in the middle of parking spots, and you're like, well, I guess that's not a parking spot because there's a cement column. And I don't know, I just was backing up and I hit it. And it was my first time I'd done anything to my car. And the plastic around the taillight broke. And I just freaked out. I didn't know what to do. I'm like, what? And I know this sounds crazy, but my mom always got in accidents with objects. Not with other cars, but... You know, she would she would hit garbage cans. She would hit our front porch. She would hit, uh, you know, cement blocks. <laughs> you know, telephone poles. She just was such a bad driver, and she was very, very short. And and now, um, you know, I think cars are more adjustable for short people. But I think she had trouble seeing. Anyway, it felt like her, I don't know, her soul or something, it just like came over me when I did that. And then I started crying, not because I was as upset about the car as I was like, I miss my mom. <laughs> that crazy? <laughs> I backed my car into something and it made me miss my mom because she was a terrible driver. I even talked about how bad of a driver she was in her eulogy that I gave at her funeral. Anyway, I don't know why I'm telling you guys all this. It's just kind of <laughs> been, it's been a week, you know, as Jeff, my guest likes to say, I'm living life, I'm falling apart. <laughs> um, okay, wanted to share some thoughts on Summer House before we get to my conversation with Jeff Epstein. So, this week, Alex is back, and we have no explanation of why he was gone. And <laughs> it's funny, it's Taria from the What Else Is Going On podcast pointed out that Alex and Luke are almost never in the same episode. It's almost like they're playing that role, the same role in the house. <sighs> well, during the week while they were back in New York City, Lindsay started seeing this guy, Ahmed, who is best friends with Oliver, the guy that Maya is dating. And she's telling everyone about this. And the women are clearly annoyed, but especially Sierra. They're tired of hearing about Lindsay's escapades, I guess. I don't know. Lindsay's always been like this. She's always fallen headfirst. And either the relationship just like goes from zero to 100 or it fizzles. But I don't know... I don't know why they feel the need to talk about everything she does with each other, not with her all the time. It feels icky to me. Um, it was cute watching Maya be so nervous with Oliver. It's great knowing that they're together now. Uh, Robert is an amazing boyfriend and a great human being. And I think he's just a fantastic guy. I loved the spread that he did for the bonfire dinner. I am so jealous of all of them on Cooper's Beach. It was absolutely gorgeous. And I loved his reference to the hills when he's talking to Danielle about moving with him to Charleston for a potential job. If you don't go, you'll be the girl who didn't go to Paris. 
uh, Carl ends things with Mackenzie because it didn't feel right. I felt like so many moments in this episode was foreshadowing to Carl and Lindsay being together at the end of all this, like them driving up to the Hamptons together, um, them getting up to play cornhole, him saying she's my best friend, you know, asking her if she's okay. You know, they seem like they're they're doing really well. Paige, of course, tells everyone that Craig invited her to spend time with his parents, you know, not caring about Andrea's feelings at all. And then later tells him that she feels used when he said that he was also seeing someone else kind of in between seeing her and he's really in love with that other girl, Lexi. And I don't know why Paige was trying to have a moment. She was seeing both Andrea and Craig. No one is giving her shit about choosing Craig over Andrea and definitely leading Andrea on. And no one's asking Andrea how he feels about all of it. He just has to be cool with it. And Andrea does point out, hey, you know, no one's asked me about this. And Craig was my friend and roommate during the time that we were in Vermont you know, and then you just went off with him. And Paige points out that she'd known Craig for three years and he'd only known Craig for two weeks. Uh, but, you know, as the Bravo historian Samantha Bush pointed out, couldn't the same argument be made for Sierra, Lindsay, and Austin? Lindsay had known Austin for four years and Sierra only knew him two weeks and was sort of claiming him. We'll get we'll get more to, <laughs> to them in a bit. Um so then there's this conversation about Kyle and Amanda's potential prenup, where Kyle and Carl have a very thoughtful, rational conversation about the need for prenup and how Kyle just hasn't found the time to make it happen. He definitely needs to. But watching Amanda have the conversation with Paige and Sierra and Maya, I don't know. I really didn't like what Paige said to Amanda. Because Amanda was saying, well, you know, if he leaves me, then I'm taking half. I get that. And I get that sentiment, right? Like if he chooses to end the marriage, then she wants some sort of revenge or to get something out of what she put in. But (laughs) that's not enough for Paige. She's like, oh, more than half. Come on. Like she didn't put up the money. She didn't get the loan to start the business. She didn't start the business. She only joined it when she was asked after it had been up and running. And that is just not the same thing. She didn't take the same risks. And if the business were to go belly up, would Amanda be liable? No. So, you know, with great risks come great rewards. And I'm not saying she should get nothing. But this idea of like more than half, I don't know, over something that hasn't even happened yet, a split, it just, I don't know, it felt icky to me and as if they didn't really understand what it takes to start a company from scratch like that. And and I don't think they understand the pressure that Kyle is under having these loans in his name and how much money he would owe if things don't work out. And I don't think that Kyle handles the pressure well, but I don't think that Paige or most of those girls seem to quite get um, get what it's all about. So Oliver and Ahmed show up and they all are hanging out. And then when they leave the beach, uh, they go their own way back to the house that they're staying at. And apparently they left without saying goodbye. And Lindsay 
flips out and Robert says it's the most wild, uncomfortable car ride he's ever been on for those 20 minutes. My question is, why don't we have video footage of that? I would definitely want to see Lindsay freaking out. We definitely get a glimpse of it when she's back. And I can attest that the cell service in the Hamptons is terrible. It is absolutely terrible. And it's really bad at the beach, but it's bad pretty much everywhere. So I could see him getting separated from her and texting her and it not going through. But it's not cool how Lindsay handles it. I mean, she's just known this guy for a week and she's berating him. And I liked that he pointed out, you're berating me and I will not stand for this. And I can have a conversation like an adult if you're ready to do that. Um, I don't think people should stand for that kind of behavior. And I really hope, especially now that Lindsay isn't drinking anymore, that she doesn't get activated as much or, or certainly hopefully she doesn't treat Carl or or any other partner that way. I didn't think it was cool. Um, and then they go to this winery And they take a fun party bus. And the two sort of big things that go on are Andrea opens up about Lexi and Paige feels used. You know, we see Sierra is still upset with Lindsay and triggered by everything she says and does. And I just, I wish that Maya or Paige would tell her to get over it. And I know that that's not what most friends do when a friend is heartbroken, but it just... It feels exhausting that she's so focused on Lindsay when I think the focus should be on Austin and how much he hurt her, not on anything Lindsay is doing. She's just putting too much energy into it, and she should be putting that energy on on herself and doing things that she likes. And uh, and then the women, led mainly by Amanda, start bringing up Lindsay's love life and questioning her specifically Amanda, whether or not she's covering up for something else. And later on, you know, Amanda does take Lindsay aside and brings up the miscarriage that Lindsay went through, which feels really icky to do on camera. We never saw Lindsay telling Amanda, but I'm assuming she did. I'm assuming Amanda didn't hear it from somebody else. But I also don't think that Amanda would have necessarily told the other girls that information if it was private information. And I do think it was good at least that she took Lindsay off to the side. But to bring it up while they're all drinking, such a scary and um, heartbreaking moment. And then almost telling Lindsay, like, this is how you're supposed to be. Like, you're supposed to be sad. Aren't you sad? Isn't that what's driving your behavior? Feels a a little bit... um, It just felt icky to me. And I do think that Amanda was coming from a place of concern. But just the fact that she was having that conversation with the other girls who don't really care about Lindsay didn't, you know, it's just like they don't care about her. If you care about her, you talk to her, you know, and maybe do it off camera if it's something like this that's so, I don't know, we we love to see everything on camera, right? But this just felt like... Lindsay should be allowed to decide when and how she talks about the miscarriage. I don't think it's appropriate for other people to bring it up. Does that make sense? Like, I don't think it's appropriate for people to bring up to Carl that his brother died of an overdose. But if Carl wants to bring it up and have a conversation, then that's on his terms. Um, the other thing that <laughs> just pissed me off was Paige commenting on Lindsay being in therapy. 
Lindsay says, I'm not covering up. I'm in therapy. And Paige is like, well, maybe she should switch her therapist since clearly it's not working. And Kyle jokes that him and Amanda go to Lindsay's old therapist, which I just find funny. But Paige should should fucking shut up. Like, shut your mouth. You don't know what you're talking about. Do not make it seem like being in therapy is a bad thing or that only certain kinds of people are in therapy or saying someone should switch their therapist. Like Lindsay's being open about her life and Paige is being very, very judgmental. And while Lindsay may never care what Paige says, other people who are in therapy and are working through things do hear that. And it does feel like shaming. And I'm just kind of over Paige, especially in Paige and Sierra. These last few episodes have been so annoying because Paige acts like she's on her high horse and she's in some sort of wonderful relationship and everyone should aspire to be in a relationship like hers. And from what we're watching, it doesn't look that impressive. So I'm not sure why she's constantly looking down on everyone else and their behavior when hers isn't amazing. So got a lot of judgment this week. (laughs) Just living life, falling apart. All right, guys, my guest this week is Jeff Epstein. You all know him from his Instagram handle. It's Jeff Epstein. No, not that Jeffrey Epstein, but Jeff Epstein lives in California. So, so funny. We talk about his new sort of stand up gigs that he's got going on. He hung out with a lot of the cast of Vanderpump Rules last week. So we chat about that. He is so funny. If you guys are unfamiliar with him or haven't listened to previous episodes I've done with him, I encourage you to go back and listen. Um, He is very open about his past with heroin addiction, and we do talk about it and joke about it kind of flippingly, but it is a very serious thing, and I think his way of, of talking about that and dealing with that is through humor and I, for one, very much appreciate dark humor and find him very funny. So encourage you all to check out his Patreon, Manic with the Epsteins. It's just, it's crazy. (laughs) Him, his twin brother, and his sister are just all over the place and so ridiculous and very entertaining. As always, if you enjoy this podcast, go ahead, leave it a 5 star review. And if you enjoy it, um, you know, leave a, a nice, kind comment. If there's something that you don't like about this episode or something that I said, you know, I'm always open to constructive criticism. I had a wonderful conversation with a listener last week who, you know, thought I was being very ageist, which I was um, joking about Ramona and and Medicare. And so I just I really encourage you all to reach out to me on Instagram at Mandy Slutsker, uh, or on Twitter. It's the same handle. Although I will be with my family, so I may not be checking my Instagram as much, but I will definitely get back to you. Hope you all have a wonderful week, and we'll chat again soon. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Hi, everyone. We are back with Jeff Epstein. You guys know him from his hilarious Instagram. It's Jeff Epstein. He's got a Patreon that he restarted with his siblings and this podcast, Manic. It's so funny. And lately, he's been doing stand-up comedy. So I thought I would have him on the show to chat Real Housewives of the OC and just catch up with our friend Jeff. How are you doing? Um, listen, I'm living life. I'm falling apart. It's all the things. <laughs> I know. We were just talking about how I <laughs> got into a uh, minor car accident today with a cylinder brick uh, column in a parking garage. So we're, we're all falling apart here. Truly. I'm telling you, I'll walk across every morning like, hey, how's it going? I'm just like falling apart, like emotionally okay, <laughs> physically terrible, like whatever. And, and then those flip flop, like physically feeling fine, emotionally falling apart. Like it's, it's one or the other. <laughs> and it's just been a roller coaster of a few years. You know, it's just on and on and on. Um, roller coaster of a thir- of a thirty years. <laughs> I have to tell you that your Patreon is so funny. I hadn't I subscribed and then I hadn't listened to it for a bit. I just like forgot that I subscribed, and then last week I had what I later found out was in like ocular migraine, but I <laughs> I basically was just like walking around and all of a sudden I couldn't see and. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to like calm down. Like I could see a little bit, but it was blurry and something like the aura of my eyesight was off and it was like moving. And anyway, I decided to just chill out and close my eyes. And I was like, let me listen to a podcast. (laughs) And I turned on manic with the Epsteins and you think that it would make a migraine worse I was gonna say nothing worse for a migraine (laughs) but I didn't know it was a migraine because my head didn't hurt you Mm. know I you're you're like I'm just going blind I'm just going blind and you know I was like I'm gonna take a clonazepam I'm not gonna freak out about this (laughs) like it is everything is okay and then (laughs) then I listened to it and it totally made me forget what I was going through and I opened my eyes like 45 minutes later and I could see. I mean, I love this for you. I, it, it's, I'm telling you, there's not, I can't think of anything. There's screaming, yelling. It's constant, just like pure chaos. But that soothes me. Like I okay. watch the fights on the housewives and I can fall asleep to women just screaming at each other. You would fall asleep at our, house, at our family's house because it's just <laughs> chaos all the time. People being pushed into dishwashers. Somebody's drowning somebody under the sink. And these are, this is like as adults screaming, breaking stuff. Somebody's crying. Like my mom's, it's as full adults. This is happening. Your mom sounds calm though. Cause she joined on one of the podcasts that I was listening to. I was like, Oh, it's the mom. <laughs> oh, that's cause she takes like four, two milligrams Xanax a day. No, oh, I think dear. Like, yeah. Oh, that girl is. Oh yeah. And then she's got a champagne whatever. She's all, that girl's popping her meds. She's, she is she is zombie. chilling. <laughs> I was like, oh, she's yeah. calm she's a, compared to the rest I'll, of you. <laughs> I'll tell her something, like I'll tell her whatever. And her she's just like, that's nice. She's so like monotone. I'm like, oh my God, I'm like, show some emotion. 
I think That's everyone else nice. in your family shows enough emotion. You That's know? True. So like tell me, how have you gotten into stand up? Like when did that start? Have you always wanted to do that? No, I never wanted to do it. To be honest with you, it's like <laughs> absolutely not. But my boyfriend was like, "I think you should do it. Give it a shot." And to be honest with you, he was like, "I'll pay for this comedy class." And I was like, "Okay, fine. If you're paying for it, because otherwise, I was like, I probably wouldn't do it." And then I did it, and I was like, "The end of the class is you do stand up at the Hollywood at the Hollywood Improv." I was like, oh, this is really cool. It's like a really kind of you know renowned place. And so I was like, if I get up there and I like it, then I'll keep going. And I got up there and I loved it. And I was like, oh, then we'll then we'll keep going. That's so fun. I actually did that maybe 10 years ago where I took a class. so scary? Yeah, it was really, I did it with a friend. Uh, it was like a birthday gift for my parents. And it was a really fun class to take. And then we did the whole thing at the end. And, you know, all my jokes were based off my family and being Jewish. I, I just like listen I, as, as a fellow joke. Jew, like I love to slide in a Jew. I, I threw in maybe like two Jew lines. They, they work. They it's, they're so easy. They're so easy. And then it was just like sort of a fun thing to do. I never wanted it to be a big thing, but I would do it and I would have friends and coworkers come out and, you know, cheer me on at open mics and stuff. But I don't know. It's that first time like, were you I was freaking out I was so scared I was like I was clammy I was n- really nervous because I didn't realize with stand up that you actually memorized everything that was my thing too I didn't know I thought people just kind of <laughs> me too and I was like Went this is flow. pages of dialogue to remember like this is seven minutes of dialogue like even an actor in a scene think about they have such a short scene and they're remembering this that was my whole issue too I was like how the fuck do I remember this it was it was a lot. And then, you know, when you started doing it a lot, I always kind of knew when I thought people were going to laugh. But then one time they didn't at the line that I thought, and they laughed at something else. And I was like, this is throwing me off. <laughs> You're supposed to laugh at that I, other I, thing, yeah. you know? I'll have those expectations too. And then what's good too is like, I'll say something that doesn't work. And I'm like, wow, like worked better in Pasadena, like, or whatever, something like that. Like no junkies here, I guess, or something like that. And like, it will, oh my God, it will usually fix it. Do you have a lot of heroin jokes? There's probably too many. I actually am going to cut some of it out because it's just very, very drug heavy. Somebody was like, it almost seemed like you're still doing heroin. I was like, no, 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 no. Um, So yeah, I'll I'll take a lot of that. So yeah, it's, it's definitely a lot of drugs. It's basically like a, a, drug criminal seminar in a form of jokes <laughs> just you know your life <laughs> until 2017 yeah so that's that's what it is but you know that's so funny to do and, and i was like i how do these people remember this and then i think it gets did you use the same set for a while because then you remember it oh, better yeah and i would go places that people hadn't heard it and then I would switch out different things. I mean, I only did it for a couple years, and it was sort of a just for fun. It got me really yeah. good at public speaking and mm-hmm. speaking slower, which I used to speak fast in college, and I learned. And in my job, I dealt with people from many other countries, and I learned how important it is to articulate and speak slowly because – English is like their third or fourth language, like brilliant people that know, you know, but, and then also, yeah, it just got me to speak better, I thought. 
I like that. Now, that was a big note with my comedy teacher, too, because I obviously speak very quickly and manically. And then it's so funny because one time she was like, okay, slow it down, be like that. And then she was like, actually, something about it, like she was like, do your normal speed. <laughs> she it was like, works. that works. But the I th- cadence works I think, for you. Yeah. I think I've like slowly have slowed it down just over time through practice and, and like engaging with the audience a little bit more. But like, yeah, it, it is. It's, it's very, it's, if you could do that, you can speak in any public forum because it's the scariest. I know. I've, I feel like I don't practice before presentations anymore. And that isn't really good. But I've just gotten so comfortable with winging things because it comes say. out more natural. I don't want to feel rehearsed. I want people to listen and be captivated by what I'm saying. So if it looks like I'm reading off a script, you know, I know when I'm listening to people when they're reading off a script for a presentation, it's, it's not fun. You get bored. You know, I agree. So. And I think sometimes when you're seeing it, you can see a comic up there and you can tell that it's pretty rehearsed. And so like, yeah, I did, even for the show we did last week, I had to change it to add some like pop culture housewives references. So I really quickly did it. But then I was like, it's going to throw me off. So it did in that I just had to kind of improvise a little bit more and go with the flow and talk to the crowd. But like, it was a whole natural thing. And my boyfriend was there and he's seen pretty much like every time I've performed and he was like, that was like your most natural yet. He's like, you're so great at engaging with the audience. So and I was like, oh, I think I'm going to lean into that because otherwise I'm just like, just like remember this all, remembering all of this all the time. And just if I, if I want to switch a set, then I'm like re-memorizing that in that robotic tone. I'm like, no, 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 no. So tell yeah. me about last week. I haven't yet listened to your podcast about it and I haven't listened to Ryan's podcast about it. I know Ryan Bailey was there, but tell me about it was the spilling tea event with Zach and Adam, Sheena and Brock from Vanderpump Rules were there. A bunch of other Vanderpump folks were there, other comedians. Yeah. How was it? I, yeah. So I did, I touched on it on the Patreon, but I'll probably say way more here because I was just saying to my siblings, they don't give a shit. So I was just like kind of flying through it. Um, Ryan Bailey was there. It's so, okay. So I, I cannot pinpoint exactly when I blacked out. I would say brown ducks are some fuzzy moments. Mo- yeah. I would say like in between brown and black, like more black than brown, but whatever. And so, and it's because Zach's fucking, have you ever had Zach's wine since he sent them to you? No, I don't know him. Okay, is, he has this like wine line. It's like housewives wine, and this is I'm this is not paying me to plug it, but but guys get them because they get you wasted. But like you I, you don't really expect it, and they're also these small cans, and so I had drink them. But like again, you're saying oh these small things of wine, and then but like before I knew, I was like, oh my god. And what's funny is when I got there, I specifically said, oh my god, I'm so hungry. Is there going to be food here? I'm also a very hungry person, but I especially hadn't eaten, and I'm big, and so I was like, oh my god, my stomach's completely empty, and then like. There was no fucking food. So I was like, God damn it. And then before <laughs> oh, I knew no. I blacked out. So anyways, I kind of did it. So basically, like, I was sitting there with Sheena and Brock um, off, like, to this one kind of part. And then we were all in this one corner, but, like, it was us a little bit separate. And then it was, like, Ryan, Stephen Faces by Bravo, Tom, Tom, Ariana, and that's it. And then, yeah, performed, got off stage. And then when I got off stage, Sheena was, like, we were chatting a bit because I had actually met her before with hannah burner and something like that and then um she was like oh i'd want to she's like would you want to open up for my live show in new york city and i was like oh my god i would love to so we're kind of talking i don't know if that's gonna happen but we were talking about that a bit and then we're just in there they had like a bucket of drinks there so her and i both were just like throwing them back i'm like oh my god Same with brock he was lovely he was getting me drinks i'm like okay cool and then 
somehow towards the end, we decided like, yeah, well, or no, I was smoking a cigarette with Tom Sandoval outside. And I think they came out and like, we're going to go somewhere in Hollywood Boulevard because I also live really close there. And I found out that Sheena and Brock now live very, very close there too. And I hadn't been out in Hollywood Boulevard in like 10 years. So I was like, yeah. So then it was me, both Toms, Ariana, Sheena, Brock. I think that was, and then like one other random person who I don't know. And then, so we went, and then I believe it was like maybe a place or two in that Steven and Ryan came to meet us. And then I remember Raquel showing up. Um, And then I remember, okay. So I, I vaguely remember this, that like I signed some girl's bar tab on accident, <laughs> but I think it was actually Raquel's. No but I don't know what I signed of hers. <laughs> That's it, amazing. Yeah, and then Steven said he was going to buy me a drink, but the bartender wouldn't allow it. Oh, Jesus, Amber Alert. Okay, sorry about that. <laughs> no, it's, that's okay. It's not Just important. chaos. Absolute um, chaos. Wait, so how, how was it hanging out with, like, Tom Schwartz? He just announced that he's getting divorced. Did he talk about that at all? Or was, were they just, like, really, you wouldn't have known? Well, so he was actually the only one I, like, didn't talk to. Um, okay. I'm trying to think. I feel like I probably had met him before in the past. Um I forget, but for whatever reason, he's the only one I didn't talk to. He seemed like, I feel like he seemed kind of wasted from like the get go. Okay, he seemed yeah. just kind of like frazzled, like a mess, like a mess. So we never, we never spoke. Okay, and Sheena and Brock were cool. I mean, Sheena's supposed to be very nice. Everyone says she's a lovely person. Yeah, I actually, I had, I had met Sheena like back, back in the days, like ten years ago. Again, when like my with friends with Jeremy, and, or I'm so good, good friends with Jeremy and Jim, but they were on the show and whatever, just, just through them. Like, so I like met her in situations, and then it was like two years ago, and she was like, "Oh yeah, I came to those two years ago." That one day, Hannah Burner was in town here, and she was on my podcast, and then I drove her to Sheena's podcast. And then later that night, we went to Hannah Burner's show and I saw her there and whatever. Um, so we met before and then she's like, oh, yeah, but we, she was like so sweet, great time. Brock was, again, I don't watch Vanderpump Rules, but I've heard not great things. He was like, lovely. I was like, oh, I really was. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll drink these wines. I was going to have tequila soda. He's like, oh, I'll go, go, I'll go get you one. Like, I was like, this is nice. Um, and they were just like, yeah, very, very chill and nice. We're yeah. joking about CrossFit. and Yeah. Oh, so you do CrossFit. I do Orange Theory. Is there like uh like Orange Theory versus CrossFit thing at all? No. So Orange Theory is just like kind of, you know, it's a certain type of like hit workout. CrossFit is like a sport. CrossFit is a, is a specific thing. Okay. It's like we were talking about because I was like I, Brock, who's shorter than me, he was like, oh, yeah, I weigh 270. I was like, oh, my God, you're built like a fucking brick. Yeah. He's like strong. He was like, yeah. So we were talking about that. And then – um. Yeah, and then we, I think I was ended up talking to Ariana for a lot of the night too because I also had met her. This is probably eight years ago. And I was like, "Do you remember it was like when Jen had her baby and blah blah blah?" And then we were just catching up about it, and yeah, it was fun before I walked out. That's so Actually, I guess funny, it was fun I and it's so funny because you don't even watch the show. Did you watch early seasons of the show and then like fall off, or do you just never got into? No, it? No, that was especially what I didn't want to watch. I remember like when they had the premiere party we all had we were all at like the parlor in la because again this was my best friend jeremy who was had a baby with jen jen bush who like i know she was a part of some line with like whatever yeah they were like you could see them a little bit on like the first like two seasons i want to say maybe three because they worked there and whatever and this is i knew stassi and all of them and so I knew it. And I think part of it was like, oh, I know them. I don't want to watch it because of that. And then also just being like, uh, and then I remember just seeing the first episode because I was there at the premiere party and being like, I don't like this. 
Um, I think when I watched Housewives, I, I, I remember at that time too, the only Housewives that I even watched, or the only Bravo show I watched was Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. It was, I was always more just like a Housewives thing. And I liked that there were older women. I was like, I don't want to watch these young people. Mm-hmm. Or the fact that I know them, I don't want to watch it. And the fact that they seem kind of annoying, I don't want to watch it. And then, yeah. Okay. So speaking of the Real Housewives of, of, you know, just housewives, you are friends with Dr. Jen from the Real Housewives of Orange County. How did you meet her and when did your like friendship begin? Dr. Jen, Jenny from the cosmetic block. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. Okay, wait. What time? Or, or I guess it was like maybe like closer to two years ago because Steven faces by Bravo. You, you and Steven are like, you, you, you guys do, you guys. Yeah, we actually met when like. I was in LA. Um, I was sick. Remember you texted yes, me and that was week. That yes. was one of the weekends I was sick. Oh no. Yeah, no. Next time we'll definitely get together. Yeah, I'm sick. That was, I'm literally sick every two months. Don't it, it's <laughs> until you I'm get your nose surgery. Missing. Everyone, you know, subscribe to manic with the Epstein's. So Jeff oh. can pay for his nose job to fix Thank you. <laughs> his sinuses so that he doesn't get sick all the time. That was the weekend too, because I remember I posted about it being like, "Has anybody gotten the surgery, or whatever?" And I think it was like right after you had gotten back, and I was like frantically trying to figure out, like, "Why am I always getting sick?" And that was when we figured out yeah, the that and, was that was the weekend. And my friend Steph was with me in LA, and she's the one that had that surgery, <sighs> and it made a huge difference in how often she was sick. I should have just showed up sick so I could talk to Steph. <laughs> I know. She's great. She ended up talking to Steve for like a while. I actually had to leave and go meet up with some old friends that have little kids and in the valley. And it was like, you know, an hour away. Different vibe, and different my friends, uh, Steph and Katie, stayed with Steven and his boyfriend and Sutton's assistant and basically stayed out drinking for like five hours after I left. I mean... Listen, Stephen can party. He can really party. Oh my god! And I was telling him how like we had a wild night, and I was just gonna have coffee at brunch, and you know, two pictures later, like on my way to the valley, trying to sober up. Stephen lives at this building called the Crescent in LA, and I always say because it's like there's just there's like a lot of them different these different apartments there, and they all kind of like come together and hang by the pool, especially in the summer area. Oh my god, he I'm lived like, at that same type of place in D.C. He lived at like a place that ha- it's called the Shea in Shaw. It was like the place to be seen, especially literally, if you were a, like you know, hot gay man. That was like yeah. So he's They're at all, the same but, place, yeah, basically. by the pool, doing the shenanigans, throwing these parties, whatever. <laughs> and like I'm like Stephen. Every time I come to the Crescent, like I can't even move the next day. Like this is this the Crescent destroys me. Um, so yeah, that's it's Stevens. Stevens' influence is what I'm saying, basically. Yeah, but Stevens' fault. Yeah, but no, I met so I met Jen because Steven had been like, I think I said something to Stephen like I want to get my jaw filled, and he was like, Oh, I know this woman named Dr. Jen. We should go. And then we went, and then her and I just became friends like that day. And that was, yeah, maybe like maybe closer to two years ago. That's so cool. That's how you met Jen. And so does she still do your jaw? Uh, she had done, I mean, she's not a fair amount, but she had done like the jaw threading that day. And then she, like, a little bit after that, did a little bit of filler on the chin. Then all that dissolved. Then, like, last year, it was like a year ago today, actually, that she had done some like filler on my cheekbones, and that dissolved as well. And then she did a little bit touch up jaw filler. Like last September, but then at this point, that has also dissolved because it dissolves a lot quicker if you work out a lot. 
And so at this point, I have nothing. But yeah, I actually was just saying, Jen, I need to get redo the jaw and the cheekbones. Okay. And so you just like got along with her, were friendly with her. And this is all before Housewives even came to be. Yes, this was. Yeah, this is before Housewives. So what is it like watching her on the show? Well, so to be honest, I told her, I was like, Jen, you're coming across really, you're coming across boring. We got to figure this out. Um, but what's like, what's frustrating, it goes back to the age old, like, oh, the editing, but like, the, I know of many things that she'd even filmed that like they didn't show. Or even like when we were in her office together and they only showed that like 10 second clip, it was like shenanigans and you saw her personality that day. I, they probably cut it because that day I fucking showed up because I was once again, I was sick, but I had to hide it. And so I took like Sudafed, Theraflu, everything you could think of. Steve was like, you are acting like you're on meth. It was, I was out of my mind. So I feel like it's good that they cut it. But you saw her differently there. There was something with Noelle that she went to. There was even at her party, like there was, they cut stuff. And so it's frustrating that they didn't show all that. And then on the other side of it, and she will admit to it, it's like, it took her a while to get more comfortable. And I think at the end, you see her getting more comfortable. But even so, I'm like, Jen, you got to like get into the fray a little bit. But like yeah you know it's a learning curve i think she's somewhat i think both her and noella you know definitely deserve another season i want to see more of them and i feel like you know noella just because no one else will go against heather and dr jen because she i don't know seems like a classic oc housewife you know like she she works she's beautiful she, I don't know, is like marital troubles that she's working through, you know, I, I don't know, it just felt sort of like a classic, you know, ode to like 2007 housewives. And I like that feel. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people have been saying that. I guess I haven't really like put that together as much. I think it's just kind of like, I know what she has in her. And like, here's the thing is, I feel like I'm usually friends with people that are like fun and funny, or otherwise, I probably wouldn't be friends with you. And so she's like fun and funny, like, she actually is like she's very quick and funny and they don't show any of that and i'm just like ah so it's like but then to the other end of it it's also like i usually say when i want to watch these shows i want to watch these like monsters these characters that have no self-awareness whatever but i don't care because they're characters but i'm also like well so maybe she's you know if i'm friends with her it's because she is normal and nice and funny but i I do think that and again sometimes it doesn't always translate to camera there is enough like kind of personality and stuff like that to her that could be good I think it just needs to show if she gets another season. Yeah, I mean, I hope so. So speaking of this season, what are your kind of overall thoughts on it? I don't think it's good. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely don't think it's good. It's like every episode feels like a chore. I was like, Jenny, I'm watching for you. Um, She wasn't even like watching. And then she had to like, I saw her actually the day before the reunion. I met her at the hotel and she was like, I just had to binge it. She's like, okay. Um, I don't think it's like, I I think that, listen, I said it before, like this is, I guess, whenever they got off, like Vicky and Tamara are the OC. There's a re that's how um, all these different shows are certain players are like, that was the magic that they captured. And so when you take away that magic, it's not about like, like, I feel like people look at these as these almost anthology things like swapping casts. It's like, no, they struck gold with certain things because of those specific members meaning it's not the real house of orange county that's gold it's these cast members that are gold and they're on that show they happen to be on the real house of orange county so you can't just swap in other people and i think that like obviously of course you see certain cast members come in and out and whatever and there's good ancillary ancillary players to work around them but like yeah that magic's not there without them i think vicky is 
imminently watchable. Yeah, I mean, she annoyed me by the end because I felt like she wasn't even showing us her real life. She was trying to like play house with that Steve Lodge guy who was just Loser. using her. I know he was just using her to run for governor of California. Like that's going to happen. Such a piece of you shit. You know, <laughs> um, Tamra, I don't think I fully appreciated. I definitely was, you know, said bad things about her. I didn't like her. And now that she's gone, I miss her. And I realize that there is an art to shit stirring and she has perfected that art and Emily has not. And so to watch someone like Emily try and create the drama and stir everything up, it's painful. I think a lot of people always say that about Tamara too. They're like, Oh wait, I didn't realize, you know what she was until she left. I always super appreciated her. And here's the thing too. Tamara's actually like kind of lovely. Like I've actually, I don't think I've ever met her in person, but like, We'll DM a fair amount. And I do stuff with Vina. Um, I was going to maybe shoot her some more product that fell through. But yeah, just different things. So she's, she's DM'd me about like Jen and Noella because different things. There was something that happened. Noella that we talked, whatever. Listen yeah. to the Patreon, guys. Um, certain things I'm afraid, you know, but. There's a lot of stuff about kind of the Real Housewives of OC and things that were not shown on the show that you can learn through Jeff's Patreon. The one specific episode, which I'm even going to, I think I said to you, I was going to, or I posted, I was going to take it down because even it's making me a little nervous. I just don't, it gives me anxiety. I don't want to like, it gives me anxiety. So I will Wait, be taking what it was the short. thing that I took away from that episode? Oh, someone oh, didn't yeah. know who Pete Buttigieg was. Oh, yes. I, we know who, uh, yep. And we know okay. who. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I forgot. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then you remember. Mm-hmm, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, that's so funny because it's someone who acts like they know everything and are oh, you know, very worldly and into politics. And it's like, I don't know. He's a pretty big deal if you're into it's, politics. Especially during the time when it was during the election. It's pretty interesting that you try to act very woke and whatever. And I'm going to say no further. But anyway, so um, what was I saying? No. So I think, yeah, Tamara's needed. And then, yes, I feel like some people are saying like, well, like Emily's doing so great this season. She's fine. She's stirring. It's like, you don't understand. I don't care if Emily's doing a good job stirring the pot or not. Emily's not somebody I want stirring the pot because she's not somebody I want to watch on my TV, period. She's something I don't want to watch her mouth, the way she tries to like close her mouth and her teeth are hanging out. I don't want to watch that. The way she just oh is God. annoying, the way she I feels like she lies about stuff, the way she feels like she's hiding who she is, the way she's so clearly trying to like amp up the season because you can tell she got to start talking to. I feel like he, her and Gina are just cheap as fuck housewives. I don't know how they it's wild to me that they're on their fourth season. They both should be gone. So people saying, oh, Emily started up. I don't care. Emily could literally dump the pot over, dump a pot of boiling water all over this this season. And I still wouldn't want her on. Yeah, I I don't know. I was I had a lot of hopes for Emily when she first was brought on. I thought the fact that she was married to a Mormon, but she wasn't Mormon is endlessly fascinating to me. But we don't really get into any of that. And I love seeing a housewife whose body looks more like mine. And I feel like she's I mean, she's endlessly more beautiful. But that was kind of nice to see, too. But yeah, you're right. I feel like she hides a lot of who she is. We all know she's like a hardcore Trumper and is like QAnon adjacent. And like, she's like, is like so afraid to let any of that spill out because she wants to be likable on the show. 
And she's she's smart. She knows what to like show and what not to show. No, and what's funny too is, is speaking of like I always say this, I do not care what a housewife's politics are. It does not matter to me. Everyone, I'm I'm a fan of everyone having opposing views. I'll, I just say this like, hey, I voted for Joe Biden, but I don't care if you're a Republican. I don't care. It doesn't matter. They're like there's two political parties created that the, this is America, we can have our own opinion. People don't realize too how many people on these shows we're watching have voted for Trump. But then of course they find out and they're like, oh my God, I hate them. Or oh the Republican. Oh my God, I hate them. Like I saw somebody tweet something so gross. It was like in their confessionals, they should have an R or a D like next to their name and like the title. And I'm like, so we can know if they're Republican or Democrat. I'm like, that's the most disgusting thing I've ever heard. You're gonna then you're gonna decide if you like them or not. And so yeah, there's that part of her, which I don't care about. But then the other thing just also that like hurts my heart as someone who is really into politics. I would love to get to a place where people don't only identify with one party or another and like can vote based on candidates. Cause I think it would bring us back I to a healthier well. place in the country. I agree as well. And I always say this too, cause I'm like, I have beliefs that are scattered all over the place and things like that. And you know, how many, how often do we hear the whole term of like, uh, financially Republican, societally Democrat, or whatever. Yeah. It's just it, it, we've at this point too now where a lot of people are so progressive but want to vote Republican because of the, the finance and stuff. And so it's like it clearly doesn't work. So yeah, I, I don't judge the politics stuff. No, I, I don't care. It doesn't but then, mix like, well with housewives, but it's just interesting that it seems to be a big part of Emily, but she won't show it. You know what I mean? And there's no, other it, housewives that show like big parts of them to make them seem more progressive than they are. Yeah. And I think it's more so just an example of how she hide things. Cause like yeah. that, again, that I don't want to hear about anyways, but it's just an example. And I just feel like she's very fake. And I feel like she would only come alive in confessionals besides for kind of this season. Um, and I feel like just a lot of it is just kind of like, I don't know. It just feels like there's like lying and fake stuff going on, Yeah, but yeah. And then as far as like, you're like, Oh, seeing somebody gorgeous, whatever. Here's the thing too. Oh, I agree. I actually think she's gorgeous in the body thing. When it comes to that, like so many people will see housewives or, or like friends of people that are friends of the housewives in pictures and like, oh my God, that girl's gorgeous. Get her in a housewife. Or like that house is amazing. I always say this because people also say, oh, like Gina's poor. I don't want her as a housewife. I don't care if you're poor. I don't care if you're ugly. I don't care if you're pretty or rich. Those to me are actually not defining characteristics. Look at Kim Richards. She didn't have a fucking dime. Brandy Glenn would never dime. Great housewives. That's about being opinionated usually not self-aware, um, <laughs> polarizing, things like that. Like, I, I, that's what it is. So it's annoying when people are like, oh, she's gorgeous. Get her on the show. It's like, what? And so I, I, I'm not saying how, you know, how you're like, oh, I liked seeing that body type represented. And it's like, listen, if it happens to be somebody that's a fit for reality TV, good, get them on the show. But right. don't get them on the show just because we want to represent a bigger girl. Or totally. just like, and this is the issue with New York, don't put somebody on the show just because you need a black person on the show. Look what happened with New York. Now it's defunct. Yeah, it wasn't the I right mean, fit. It's yeah, it everything. Wasn't. I mean, ugh, it's just it's tough. It's tough. Um, yeah, with New York, though, I mean, I'm just nervous that the reboot is going to be young. And I That's feel like I, I was talking with Steven about this. Like, I actually think a reboot and a legacy, like I could see that working. But the reboot needs to have like, I don't want women who are in their 30s. That's just not what I think. Like, 30s are the are the new 20s you know I people agree. like it's like us we're like teenagers like, still te- right you said you see like a 30 year old with a baby and you call them a teenage mom i i feel like in a city like new york people have children later they do so much with their career like by the time someone is like 50 that's when i really want to know more about them 
you know? Same. No, and it's so funny because I think it was like maybe two years ago or something like that that I would see people being like, oh, they should get Alexis Nyers on Housewives of Orange County. And Alexis is actually like one of my very good friends. And I'm like, no, she's too young. Don't get her on there. Um, listen, I would love for her to have the money, but I'm like, no, like this is not what we're doing here. And it's like, when I look at so many of the standout uh, veteran housewives and things like that, like they're old as fuck. No, they're not old as fuck. No, they're, they're, they're aged women and they've lived. And it's just also watching their mindsets because they are kind of so aloof and naive to things like it's so different. So I don't want to see that. And so it's like, yeah, to me, that's also what housewives are. So if you wanted to, I said this, I'm like, if you wanted to be, to come out with this kind of like New York uh, centered show about like young girls, in New York city, like center it around Olivia Palermo and these young kind of like socialite type of people and things like that. Call it something different. Housewives of New York are these old broads. It's Ramona, Sonia Luann, like that energy, these upper East side or whatever, some downtown people have worked, but just these, like, that's what it is. And, and I'm just like, why do we need to then spin, bring the OGs back for this legacy. It's like, so you're saying that the OGs clearly work. So why don't we just make the regular cast something like that? Like the season seven to 11 cast, those seasons were incredible. I mean, like no other housewives show has had like that amazing stretch of seasons and amazing run. But again, all of a sudden it's like, you look where the casting mistakes came into place. You added Leah, didn't work. Then Abby, yeah, and then really, more people. Really I said this from work. the day one, I got so much fucking shit about no, it. And I was you, like, were right. you were right. I was and- right. As much as I want Jewish representation on The Real Housewives of New York, I'll take bring Jules in, back. I'll, Jules is yes, great. Jules Weinstein or Jill Zarin can do just fine. <laughs> and Jules is an example too. I will say this: there are there are those exceptions to Young Housewives that sometimes can work because some something about their like energy Ashley mixes. Darby. I've talked about this all the time, but Ashley Darby is a queen. I think it's a great example. And it, it's because something about their energy mixes in well with other people. Like I'm also somebody that like naturally I'll have a lot of friends that are in their forties or whatever. There are certain people that like, it, it just would make sense for some reason, even energetically. And others you're like, these women would never hang out. And so bring Jules back. But it's like, you look at the season seven, 11 cast, like make some form of that again, then just do that. You don't need to split it off in two shows. And I then know. I'm like, this sucks because the legacy one's going to be on Peacock and it's going to come later and the budget's going to be lower. I don't necessarily know that's actually true. That's what I thought. But Carlos King, who is the former executive producer of The Real Housewives of Atlanta and a number of other reality shows, he actually thinks they're going to do the new one on Peacock and the legacy on Bravo because of the fandom and how they know they're going to get viewers. I mean, I think that would make more sense for sure. But then it just goes to the fact that it's like, then why are you doing this spinoff anyways? And why are you switching I mean, to legacy? Just I'll call it the real house of New York city. <laughs> I'll take just... more housewives if I can. I love it. And I'm question. So are you excited about the real housewives of Dubai and will you be watching? Well, so I was actually going to say, I think, and I, I, people have misinterpreted and I'm sure even based on what I've said in this conversation, it, it, I could understand why people have misinterpreted. I've never been as a big of a housewife fan as people have made it out to be. There's actually so much that I have not seen. I haven't seen the majority of Atlanta, the majority of New Jersey. And people are like, we should try it. It's like, trust me, I've tried. I don't like it. But when I don't like something, I'm like, no, I'm not into it, whatever. I don't like Salt Lake City, so I haven't really seen that. I don't, I didn't like the beginning seasons of Potomac. I really only watched season five. I didn't like this past one didn't oh, watch it season three um, and four are so i funny. wasn't i wasn't oh. into again just certain vibes and so it's oh, like i find it hilarious I, I really would only be watching beverly hills at the moment but i watched oc for jen so i was like okay and then i did watch new york until a few seasons ago and it fell off but i'm not into like 
I'm not super, I don't need, I do love Caroline Stanbury, so I'm excited That's about it why. for that reason. But I, I don't like need a new housewives thing. And I also have like my interest in it as a whole has waned over the years. And I think what I have come to think about, I was thinking about this last night, I was like stone thinking about it. And I was like, I think I got more into like the housewives than I, you know, am now when I was at a point where I was like laying in bed doing heroin all day and I was like needed like yeah. mindless TV and whatever. And it's just not that interesting to me anymore. So I love going back and watching like certain standout things from like the, the parts and the seasons of certain franchises that I do like, but I'm as a whole pr- pretty over it. Yeah. I wonder, do you think there is like a subconscious part of you that when you watch it, it brings you back to like when you were alone doing heroin? No, not at all. No, it wow. actually, I think it just like, it kind of, I'm not as interested and I find myself on my phone the whole time. And here's the thing for something I'm like, I guess it's because heroin makes everything better. <laughs> um, but at the same time, I couldn't like, you're kind of like, you know, you want something kind of mindless, but like, I remember just being able to like lay there and feeling like so content in that piece. But again, looking back, I'm like, that's definitely the heroin and being able to just kind of lay there and watch it and be like, okay. And it was so easy to feed my brain. Cause at that time it's like, you know, you can't consume anything was, with, yeah, with moving some... very slowly. Yeah. And so then I'm just like, oh, and I remember thinking like, especially for the first like year or two that I got clean, I remember like maybe the seasons aren't as good or whatever. And I think that may have also been true, but I just have slowly realized over the years, I was like, I think I'm just not as interested. And then I wasn't as interested as it may have seemed even to myself. And again, I haven't seen like, it was really, it started off me watching Beverly, Beverly Hills back in the day because I it was like watching celebrities because of Kim and Kyle and things. But eventually I really only added in like New York and OC. And then when both weren't good, I didn't watch it. And that's kind of how it is. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. I started getting really into Housewives after my mom died. And it still brings me a level of comfort when I watch it. Like it, it doesn't bring me back to like how I felt after she died, but it was the only time that I felt like my brain got a break from grief and it felt calming to me. And so that's why it's like funny when I see these women like fight and argue, like I get a sense of like calm. And I also find it endlessly funny. If I didn't find Housewives funny, I wouldn't watch it. And there's certain franchises that I think do humor better And I love that Beverly Hills is coming back because I feel like Garcelle has brought some humor back to it. It got a little too serious for a while with all the Munchausen's and all that. Like no one could make a joke. Yeah, I think I I like serious at the same time. And I think it works better in certain seasons or franchises franchises or whatever. Um, But I agree. I think looking back to like that time I was going through a ton of like legal struggles and I had like the worst anxiety. I was so stressed and just down and it was something really comforting about it too. And like, I didn't have to, I wasn't watching like a drama show or this, that, the other, it was just easy and comforting. So I can definitely relate, definitely relate to that. I don't know why I can't speak. I'm not even drinking. (laughs) No, it's just, it's funny. I'm, I'm wondering like, why am I still so invested even though I'm not in the same place that I was six years ago? And I think it's just because it, I don't know, like something happens in my brain when I watch it where I get like a dose of serotonin or something that like I associate housewives with feeling good. I can see that. And I think too, I, I see a lot of people saying this, like, uh, I'm a loyal, like this, this season sucks, but I'm a loyal viewer. I'll watch no matter what. And I'm like, I, I don't think I am. I don't 
think I'm a loyal viewer. As soon as I don't like it, I'm like, nope, we're not doing this. And like, I give most things a chance. Even like, I, I really like Potomac season five. So then I thought, okay. And then I tried to watch like the first, I think I got to like episode three of the past season. I was like, not into it. Um, yeah. So there's been certain things that have worked. Like even with Atlanta, like I said, I haven't seen most of it, but like oh my, God, my favorite my favorite season of Atlanta, though, was season nine, which didn't have any. And I was like, that this was is amazing. Insane. That was, you and know what? That was an incredible. It was at the season where Phaedra finally yep. left after. Yeah, that was it's wild. Incredible. Because when it was happening, I didn't think it was. I was like, no, no, this isn't what's actually happening. She wouldn't lie. Like, she wouldn't. You know, I didn't think Candy did it. But I also didn't think she made it up out of her, nowhere. You know? Yeah, I just think all of it, and uh, I think it's interesting because it's like, yeah, then I tried like the season after I got like maybe three episodes in. I was like, hmm. the next season I was like, I'll give this one a shot. Got like an, an episode in. I'm like, no. And then sometimes even like I remember New York season 12, which I guess was Leah's first season because I was, you know, we we're coming off the real high of season seven to 11. So I was so excited for it to come back. And I remember watching, I gave it the first like four episodes, which is a lot. And I was like, I'm not into this energy. Just something about it was off. And then so with the, previous season which was 13 um when ebony came on i thought okay like i i you know i didn't really even watch last season but i'll give it one more shot and i remember i'm not kidding you i got probably 10 minutes in and i was like nope not gonna do this and i didn't watch any of it yeah i mean i don't even think ebony watched the rest of it she she said in a podcast she hated the season and it like didn't depict like who she really is um, mm. they kind of put her in a box. It, it's a really interesting interview she did with Carlos King. Um, okay, question, going back to OC. Do sure. you think that Heather actually shoved a camera person? I do not. And obviously I've heard a, a, di- a certain story, you know, whatever from, I remember when this happened, to be honest with you, when they were filming it. And mm-hmm. so I'll just say, no, I do not think she shoved anybody that's so interesting because steve thinks that she did very no. strongly <laughs> no and i remember because i remember too like after steve, steve always like call me especially while they're filming he'd be like blah blah and i'm like oh god what now i'm like i don't really care steven um <laughs> sometimes they'll call me and tell me like things I'm like steven i don't care um and he said i, I remember him saying something but like what we saw with her pushing the camera down like that was it like that's oh that was the thing that you yeah. think like her taking the camera and shoving it down okay interesting yeah, yeah. Stephen was on last week and he said he thinks Heather and Terry were physical with a member of the crew oh and it's weird I, listen I, I very vividly remember well not vividly because vividly I would remember better um I'm not making any sense. I remember him and I talking about it right after it happened because he called me and we both kind of, I guess, had heard from Jen or something. And like he had, he had heard it from somebody differently. I want to say he had maybe heard it through. I wonder if he th- heard it from Noella and I heard it from Jen. Maybe there was. I, oh, I don't know about. Yes, I don't know about that, that for sure. Would likely have you guys hearing very different takes on the same event. I I feel like that that may have been what had happened. If you listen to the Patreon, there's things there where I question certain people's credibility with very good reason. You know what I'm talking about, but I'm not going to say anything more. Mm-hmm. Um, and then maybe it'll give you a better perspective in the situation. Interesting. Do you like Heather being back on the show? It's a tough question because I think like I definitely, <clears throat> at the end of her, before she left, was like, mm, I don't want her on here. Um, 
and I'm maybe a little bit of guilt, guilty of being like, let me bring her back. I think she works. I, I think she does work on the show, but like with the right players, I think she works with Tamara and Vicky. I don't, she yeah. feels way too alpha without Tamara and Vicky. That's Vicky. the thing. I feel like we've never had a situation where, uh, or I can't remember a situation where one housewife seemed to have all the power and almost power over the network, power over production, power over the other women. And it's just weird and uncomfortable because I want them to be an ensemble and I want there to be like mix-ups. That's why I love Potomac so much is because there's Giselle and Karen and they're they're always going toe-to-toe. And it, there's never one that like controls everything. And I feel like they're formidable opponents. And then when you see them get along, it's interesting too. But I find that, I don't know, Heather is, she need, they're, they need to switch things up a little bit. And I think, they, I think they will. Yeah. I, I don't like the energy. Something about the energy of like Heather's position on the show. Like I just watch it and I just, yeah, I don't like, it doesn't seem like I'm watching. If I were to almost put this in more kind of like visual um, terms, like instead of watching this nice wide landscape of an ensemble and things like that and all these different things going on, it feels like I'm watching this pigeonhole of Heather Dubrow and people being subordinate to her. And it's just such a different experience. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah, that's sort of how I feel too. And I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do with the OC, but I feel like they're headed in the right direction by getting Noella and Dr. Jen. They needed some new blood. You know who I'm actually loving this season is Shannon. Listen, I've always been a huge Shannon Bedore fan. And then what happens is that even in the past two seasons, just because like she comes off as like unlikable or bitch or crazy, mm-hmm. people are like, oh my God, fuck Shannon, all that stuff. And I'm like, guys, but do you not realize that she's consistently been such great TV? She's been from the jump. A, an amazing housewife lacks self-awareness is chaotic, whatever. Um, I, I, I mean, I've seen some stuff off camera, which I talked about in the Patreon too, about that, you know, at that party, but like great housewife. And I know that she's definitely coming across as more likable and fun and light this season, but even when she's like, not, which I mean, of course a little, bit. I think it definitely to get a little dark and like annoying at some points, like she's always been a great housewife, but now it's like, what is it? Because we have no other fucking good players left that you guys are realizing it because it's like, Oh, she stands out. Cause everyone else sucks. I mean, I always thought she was an integral part. She's one of the people that came on that you're like, she should have been on from the beginning. The way that when Dorinda came on to New York, it was just took the words. I don't know. I thought I was just going to say like Dorinda. It just felt like she'd always been there. And yeah, I think Shannon, I like watching her laugh. I thought her getting stoned on the plane with Heather was hilarious. You know, they don't need to keep doing the gimmicks of them getting stoned together. But just the idea that Shannon would be open to that because she's so uptight in so many ways is is funny. And I don't know. I, I like mm. Shannon. I, I'm rooting for her. We've seen her through so much. Now, I have to ask you, do you think that Shannon and Noella are actual friends or do you think that shannon views noella as integral to the show and is gonna maintain some sort of positive relationship with her like is it strategic i I think it's a little bit in between i don't think it's strategic actually i don't think that i think that it's like hey she came on and shannon felt a little bit uh on an island by herself Mm -hmm. and 
she thought, okay, I'll give this girl a chance. And they happened to click, but I don't think they would have been friends otherwise, but it's like, okay, we're filming this show. I'm on Island. It happened. We happen to click. So, okay, cool. And I think Shannon is actually compassionate and she felt bad. And so I think it's that I, I don't think in a normal circumstance though, that they would like become friends. Oh, no. But I like unlikely friendships on the shows. I love when people who hated each other's guts all of a sudden become friends. No. And and even like, again, I'm a fan of that, too. There's been situations in my life, like I have some really unlikely friendships where like even my boyfriend will I'll be like, oh, we're going to see going to meet one of my friends. It's like, Jeff, like I would never expect you to be friends. Even sometimes he'll be like, it's so weird that you're like friends with Jen. She's like this 40 something old housewife woman. Like it's so like not not real housewife but like meaning just like has a family and you yeah. know like that like that type of thing um so is that or even like yeah i remember i was i fucking hated this guy michael and now he's one of my best friends and so it's like i like that too i really do and i like watching it you know and it's like two people realize they're actually much more similar and like that's why they were butting heads i think that's fun to watch yeah and i think it's good too like think about how many um relationship dynamics we've seen with duos of cast members across all franchises where they're friends and not friends and whatever. So it's like, I'm, I'm a fan of that, but yeah, it's like, I, I need, I need someone else there for Shannon too. If we're bringing up Shannon, it's like, I want somebody else there for her. You could tell Shannon was like, like would not hang out with any of these women. And she's just like, Oh, I have to show up for work. Cause I'm getting paid the most, but like, I, I need someone for her there. Yeah. And I don't, I mean, it used to be Tamara, but it sounds like they hate each other, which is another reason why I want Tamara back on, because I want to hear how that all played out. And I want them to go toe to toe again, you know, not again, I guess they never went toe to toe. I want to see it. I want to see it play out. Same. And I think what would happen, I would, I would place a bet on this, that it would like 95% chance that this would happen is I think they'd come on. And they would knock it along with the first few, few episodes and they'd end up making up and they'd have a friendship on the show again. I think that's what would happen. I bet they would too. But do you think, I don't know. It's interesting. But, and, and I think that'd be fun to watch because we, we, we want to see them join together, fight, hate each other for a second, and then come to p- peace. And it's like, that would be a great, a great storyline for the season. Yeah, Definitely. Yeah. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for for joining us and for sharing all your thoughts and and talking about I don't know not just the OC but but all of Housewives and your fun night out with the Toms and Sheena and Brock <laughs> and Ariana. <laughs> what, that is such a wild remember. night. I wish you remembered more. I know, and then I rode a bird scooter home at one in the morning. I don't no. know. I, I kept lying to Steven because I remember this. He kept being like, I'm going to get you an Uber. And I remember being like, or no, he was like, get an Uber. And I'm the cheapest person ever. And I live so close. And I was like, no, I'm not getting an Uber. I'm going to fucking walk. He's like, no, you can't walk, which in my head too. I'm also somebody like, what? I'm, I'm not concerned about walking around late at night. Like, fuck with me. Fine. So I was like, I'm going to walk. But I lied and I said, oh, yeah, I got an Uber and I walked out. But then as I walked out, I happened to see a bird scooter right when I got out. And I remember thinking, like, this is going to be fun. I do not know how the fuck I made it home. Oh, that worries me. I know. And also just the idea of people taking those scooters without helmets also freaks me out. Well, what's weird is, like, I actually haven't ridden them in, like, a while. But I remember when they first came out. This was in L.A. They started coming out. I think they came out in L.A., like, kind of first before uh, other places. This was like late 2017 or something yeah. and um 
you couldn't ride them when it got dark out, but like there was a, it like wouldn't physically let you. And so now I guess you can, which is very dangerous to me. They have them in DC. They're everywhere. My dog always growls at them on the sidewalk because she's not sure what they are. They're, yeah. yeah. Dangerous, 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 dangerous. Well, tell everyone where they can find you, where they can listen to your Patreon and anything else you're plugging. Love this. Um, I feel like the best way to do it is just to go on my Instagram at it's Jeff Epstein. And there's a link in my bio that will lead you to the Patreon, anything else you can think of. But like, it's easier than searching. Some people like try to go on Patreon, they search manic, but there's other stuff. I don't know. Just the links in the bio and uh, on the Instagram. Awesome. Everyone go take a listen. I'll see you later. Okay. Bye. Thank you again. Bye.